Are you looking to live the abundant life no matter what your income is? You're in the right place. This is the podcast that will teach and inspire you to live better. Whether you want to earn more, save more, or improve your relationship with money or people, it's time for the 90 Days to Abundance podcast, brought to you by SavingsAngel.com. Here's your host, the Chief Executive Angel of SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. Thank you so much, Cece, and welcome to show number 28 of Savings Angels, 90 Days to Abundance. I am here to serve you, to help you experience more joy, more abundance in your life. And so each show, I'm gathering all of the best resources, all of the best offers, the deals, tips, strategies, and things that can help you save more money in life, create more money in life, and develop more of an abundance attitude. And so on this show, I'm so excited to invite Stephen Worley. Stephen and his business partner, Chris, have experienced some pretty good success in the podcasting realm with a new podcast called Unstuckable. And I'm so excited to share with you my conversation with Stephen in this podcast. So if you're interested in becoming unstuck, I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. This is going to be one that you might want to take some notes, at the very least, take some mental notes. And without further ado, let me introduce you to Stephen Worley of Unstuckable. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the 90 Days to Abundance program. I'm really glad to have you here, and I've really enjoyed your podcast. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Uh, We really enjoyed your podcast as well. And I had the chance to interview for our podcast and uh, gave us a lot of great ideas on how our our audience can save some money so they can build their financial runway. You know, and it's exciting because, um, you know, I think we're kind of in this renaissance of, of podcasting. And uh, I'm really excited to watch the all of the excitement and uh, growth that you guys are experiencing very, very quickly. I mean, there's some old dogs of podcasting. And then, you know, you kind of have this, new, you know, this this new breed of podcasters that are that are just starting, even though we may come from varied backgrounds. But you guys have done phenomenal. And so what do you think it is? this message of unstuckable why do you think that appeals to a large audience well it's so funny i was recently explaining this to a group of people uh, friends of friends uh, about two weeks ago in new jersey and i said you know uh you know let me know how you're ever feeling stuck and three of them all looked at me and simultaneously they said doesn't everybody feel stuck and i think really that's the message especially i think from an economic point of view our economy is changing so quickly in ways that we don't even realize that's where i think we 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 all feel stressed out in our jobs or even as entrepreneurs and sometimes we don't know where that's necessarily coming from and i think it's a lot of forces that are well out of our control i mean i always tell people i've been on this journey now for 14 years i was laid off election day 2000 and up until that point I, and my background was in in broadcasting i worked for cbs news sunday morning and cnbc and then I went to work for a dot-com that imploded, and that's how I got laid off. And it was the first time that my career was stopped in my tracks. And now looking back, those first five years, Josh, I was stuck. And it took me that long to get unstuck, to realize that my career was going to be forever changed. I was actually going to be an entrepreneur. I always tell people I'm a reluctant entrepreneur because I was taught to be an employee, as many of us are. Entrepreneurship or working for yourself uh, is not encouraged. And also the word entrepreneurship is such a loaded term. So that's why I think <laughs> we've really focused on the idea of being stuck because there's so many new ways of working that you don't have to 
go out and necessarily start a big business or even a smaller business with employees to be an entrepreneur today. Well, yeah, and I think you and I have both seen the statistics. If, if we look at what the workforce is going to look like in the next 10 to 20 years, uh, I tell you what, it's not going to be more W-2 employers. It's going to be a lot of independent contractor slash you start it yourself opportunities. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. I keep hearing this research over and over again, especially in the last couple of weeks. And I think that maybe that's something that we're responding to. I mean, I know my my sister-in-law, for example, is uh, potentially, she's not sure she might be losing her job again for the second time within a year, two different companies because her position is being outsourced. So I'm sure people listening that you've, we all know somebody by, by now who has lost their job because of, of it being outsourced. That is only going to continue. So that's where we all have to kind of come to back. To, that's what I love about this time too. It seems really scary. Oh my gosh, we're all losing our jobs. What are we going to do? All these big companies aren't going to keep, keep employing us. But because of the web, um, because of American ingenuity, I know we all can come back together and think about how we can start working for ourselves again, not just as individuals, but how we can help each other. And I think that's why you and I have been so excited to be part of the podcasting community because we really see the give and take in this world of how all these podcasters help each other out to build our businesses together and not just on our own. It's not just mutually exclusive or somebody has to win it to, or somebody has to lose for, for, for somebody else to win. So I'm thinking of my listener right now who either they're in a job and they're dissatisfied with the job or they are feeling a bit insecure or, and I'll, let me just throw one more or in there, uh, maybe their current occupation, their current job is not paying them what they really feel like they should be earning. And so they, they know, they, so they may be feeling stuck occupationally, or that stuckness might feel like some sort of instability. What are some specific things that someone who feels that occupational stuckness, what are some specific things that they could be doing right now? Well, I think a lot of times we define ourselves, we are, we've all allowed ourselves to be defined by somebody else or society to say, what a success, what I should be doing, because we all obsess over our resumes. I, I almost I'm coming to the point that I don't even want to look at somebody's resume anymore because I think that's not the place to start anymore. Uh, it's really about assessing your skills. There's it's kind of the trifecta. What are you naturally good at? Like you think it's so easy, you can't even believe that this is hard for somebody to do. That's a core strength or what we call one of your superpowers. What are you naturally motivated? What's an activity, a task that you really love doing that you can see yourself doing day after day, right? And that's very different for everyone. Yeah. And then finally, what does society see of value? What are they paying for now and paying well for? So those are kind of those three ingredients that, that you have to start thinking about because you want to start redefining yourself. So I would say I am a very disciplined person, great at creating content and listening to people. Those are my superpowers that I can translate those across many different types of industries. Uh, as, an, as an example, we interviewed a, 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 a guy, Reagan Starr, who created his own job at Steinway & Sons, a piano company. He, they didn't have a digital media manager, and he became that one because he had a, a background in music education. He plays the piano, plays the guitar, loves that. But they, he saw very few opportunities and very few well-paying opportunities where he could be involved with music education because that career path is changing so much. A lot of schools are cutting music, music education. So 
he even during college acquired some new skills. He really started getting involved with the web, learning how to build websites on his own, doing a little online marketing. So that's how he was actually to be able to combine his natural motivation, his passion for music with something that was marketable like internet marketing to create a new mm. position for himself at that company. I love those types of stories because the days of just applying for a job yeah. to me are over. If you really want to have meaningful work and be happy what you're doing every day and not just, and, and, and there's fine. There's going to be people out there who just want to collect the paycheck. That's fine. But unfortunately, that paycheck is only going to get smaller and smaller because really what is seen of value today is people that are going to be act more entrepreneurial, think more entrepreneurially, have that uh, kind of that spirit to problem solve, to cr find creative solutions, not just people who are going to sit back and be told what to do and get paid for it. Yeah, and and I guess what we're talking about is you don't necessarily have to start your own corporation, but you can, no. you know, you can and think I don't of want yourself. To, I, always tell, I always tell Chris, I don't want to have tons of employees. And a yeah. lot of times now we have what's called a virtual assistant where they're inside the United States or throughout the world because you have to remember even within inside the United States there's lots of different economies that somebody that I live in Boston so what I might pay for a videographer or somebody to do online marketing might be much more expensive than somebody living in say Lincoln Nebraska so you can kind of take advantage of those uh, differences because then that person in Lincoln Nebraska actually might be making more money on average than what is what is the local salary level in that market yeah. And even for somebody who says, well, I have no interest in starting my own company. That's just, I, I'm sorry, I just have too many aversions to that. That's fine. Uh, I think. And we that, would call that person a careerpreneur. Yeah. Somebody who manages their career like an entrepreneur. That So being, being really unstuckable, in my view, it's about being open and embracing change as best you can and giving yourself options. You want to have enough money behind you for a year to cover all of your expenses of how you're living your current lifestyle. You want to always be looking for the next opportunity. Not that you're always just looking for the next best thing, but you want to be aware of things. You want to be constantly creating new connections, not just when you're looking for a new job, but continuously. You want to have a plan B, a viable active plan B. So that way, if for some reason you didn't see it coming, you get laid off or you lose your job, you already have a plan in place to supplement your income almost immediately. And this is the world we all live in now, whether we like it or not. And what other freedoms does having that safety net set aside, what what could that mean for you? Oh, Josh, I'm living proof. So I have a nine and a half year financial runway. Just to give people a definition of what Chris Wilson, my business partner, I mean by financial runway. It's not just a three to six month emergency fund. It's saving up a year's worth of cash for how, it, how you live your life exactly as you do today to cover all of your expenses. Why do that? Because it prepares you for these transitional moments. It also gives you unbelievable confidence to make decisions that you would mm -hmm. not be otherwise mm -hmm. able to do when you get desperate, when you run it, start running out of your six months emergency supply of cash, you get desperate. You start choosing jobs and opportunities that are not as suitable to you. So for example, Chris and I are going to take potentially a year to 18 months before we're even going to see any revenue for our business unstuckable because we want to take the time to 
develop the right content, build the right community, really understand our target customer. So that way we can build a thriving business for the long term. I almost think of myself as a self-funded angel investor now because I've given myself that very long runway. <laughs> you know, that's that's fascinating. You talk about, you know, the length of time uh, that that you're projecting before you even start generating revenue. Uh, that I And a lot think, of people don't have stomachs for that. Yes, right. And I think that that's a little bit different than what a lot of people uh, who want to start a business expect. I mean, you see a lot of home-based businesses, for example, where, you know, they want to, look, I'm going to spend X number of hours. I expect to get paid at the end of this month. And that's really not how I see small business work. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's such an interesting point. Another way to look at it, because I always love changing people's perspectives and mindsets about something. So, we interviewed um, a man, uh, Kimberly Palmer. She wrote a book, The Economy of You, where she started a side business for herself. She is a journalist at the uh, U.S. News and World Reports, really concerned about her financial security. So she started, she was always really good about creating these money planners for herself. So she started selling them on Etsy. She makes like 200 bucks a month. Now, that's certainly not crazy money by any stretch of the imagination. But the way she looks at it is, well, that's making a dent and part of my grocery bill. Mm -hmm. So I think if you could start looking at things like that as you're growing a side business, because you only have so much time, you know, we all have a limited bandwidth in terms of our personal energy and our time before we can start making that money. So you want to use it judiciously and to give yourself that motivation to know like, you know what, at least I've taken one of my monthly bills away because of this side project. So I think that is a good way to start incrementally. And Chris and I are huge advocates of always taking action, but do it in small, consistent steps because you're going to have a much bigger sustained results in the long term. Yeah, you know, you need to connect Betsy with me because two hundred dollars, uh, Stephen. That's that's nearly an entire grocery budget for the average sure. family of four. <laughs> and that's if, if you follow that, my advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times when you think of entrepreneurship, starting your own business, you always hear about all these big numbers being thrown around. Um, I always like to give an example. My wife and I are avid gardeners, and we've thought about having a farm. And I even kind of ran some numbers. You know, you'd have to work like almost 12 hour days, six days a week throughout the whole summer to maybe make 10,000 bucks for like, I don't know, maybe an acre or two of land. Uh, that is something I'm just not interested in doing. However, <laughs> we could look at it as let's be farmers, but let's wipe out most of our food costs because of the farming activity that we're going to do. So maybe our our annual food bill is $5,000 a year, but maybe we can cut that in half because of all the farming that we could do on our own. So there's these little mind games that you can play with yourself of how you're really creating value for your immediate household. Is there a problem, Stephen, with actually being stuck? You know, I was thinking about this this concept this morning as I was driving, and uh, lo and behold, at one point, I was stuck in traffic. And, uh, you know, did it bother me? Uh, you know, maybe a little bit. You know, I was just thinking about, well, is this going to mess up, uh, you know, my appointment in 45 minutes? I had to, I was headed uh, to my local Fox affiliate to appear on a segment. So, yeah, I needed to be there on time. But, you know, and then I thought, you know, I, am I really stuck? though when people talk about being stuck in traffic or being stuck in life are they really permanently stuck well no i think it's just a perception issue and so is there a problem with being stuck are, are we kind of making mountains out of molehills when we have frustrations in life no no and just for everybody listening we chris and i could not have a more positive view of being stuck to your point being stuck in traffic it gave you pause it gave you time to think about 
what you were going to talk about with me today, right? And that is the essence of being stuck. That what I also love is there's there's two ways of being stuck that we've seen so far in our interviews. Somebody who has a specific goal, they want to start a side business, a business, or spend more time on a passion project, like their art, writing a book, traveling around the world. So they want more time. They have a specific goal, but they're having trouble realigning how their life is set up in terms of their income, their time, and their personal energy, their connections towards achieving that goal. So they're in this this transitional moment. So they're feeling stuck and a little frustrated. Now there's another person who is feeling stuck. They don't necessarily have a goal, but they have this inner voice, or I call it monkey chatter, that keeps saying, I think there's something else you want to do in your life. I'm not sure what it is, (laughs) but it's not what you're doing right now. And that person really... What it is, it's like a lot of times we want to ignore that voice and be like, I'm fine. I'm lucky to have a job, which to me, I'm now, I guess I've gone the other way. It's like it kind of drives me crazy when people say I'm lucky enough to have a job. I do not discount and I'm certainly very sensitive because I've been laid off myself and not had work. I understand it's very hard when you aren't working. But when you say I'm lucky enough to have a job, you are immediately undervaluing yourself and you're not looking at your strengths and what you can be bringing to society and organization or company or your own household. And that's what I want to, Chris and I want to inspire people to do is like being stuck is a moment in time where you're saying, you know what? I only come this way once. I'm not using my resources, my money, my time, my personal energy in a way that is making me happy or I'm using the time, the limited time that I've been given in an effective way. You know, in your interviews that you've had, I suspect that you've probably heard, and again, you're interviewing a lot of people who have created uh, success in business and success in life. And, and a lot of people who are employed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. And But I would imagine that a pattern that you have probably seen, and you alluded to this already, is that their moments of being stuck were those golden opportunities. And so, you know, I have a belief in my life is that my greatest successes were always born out of my greatest frustrations. I mean, that's, out of the ashes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where Savings Angel came from. I started Savings Angel because I had to. I had no choice. I had to make my finances work. And when I figured out a system that worked for me, I was able to share that with other people and that became a business. And it's so funny that you mentioned that. In that five-year period, I always looked at it as like the down part of the dark days of my career. Now, that is what's given me what some of my brightest days in my career. I can't tell you how happy, how honored, how privileged I am that I get to do this every day. And we wanted to turn it into a business because I can't imagine doing anything else with my life and profession at this point. And I remember even way back then during that stuck time, writing a book for vault.com. It's a career website that's still in existence today. I did a lot of guides about very specific industries. And I wrote a, a guide about how to get a job in journalism and information media. So even way back then, in my stuckest of times, <laughs> I, my subconscious mind already was guiding me to this point. And I love thinking about it like that. So for for the person listening to us right now who might be frustrated with some part of their life, and again, we've been talking a lot about business, we've been talking a lot about jobs and money, but this could be relationship, a relationship issue. And they're feeling a sense of stuckness in their relationship. Well, I can tell you from my background in family science that when somebody is feeling frustration with their relationships, and then they use that 
that as the motivation to do something like seek counseling, to really examine their relationship, to really focus on, okay, I'm really going to focus a lot of efforts in making my relationships better. Um, there's, uh, you, you get excited, I guess, <laughs> uh, you know, about, about these moments that happen that, that might feel frustrating right now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think a lot of times, you know, my wife and I would probably have a very heated discussion about something, but I, I, I would say I, a lot of times I, I feel like I, re, I always end up saying to her, I'm like, I know this was like a really hard conversation. And I'm sorry that I was the instigator <laughs> probably, but I just want to say I learned so much about myself and you and our relationship, this, <laughs> you know, and I'm so sorry we had to go through that, but I, I, I do feel like that a lot of times and it, it, yeah, and it's certainly that I don't want to have that on a daily basis, but for those moments, you, you're right. It, it is. And I think that's what it's about. Sometimes when something's really worth it, that's where you have to be aware and really want to dig at it. And that's where when you do have those feelings and you just can't articulate it, I think that's something in the last 10 years, I became much more aware of my feelings. You know, I've always over-rationalized and overthought everything. That when I have a physical sensation that I, it's something that's really lighting me up or something that's really bringing me down, I really try to be aware of that and try to ask myself, well, why? What is it? What aspect of it? I don't want to just write off a whole connection or relationship or business idea, but what aspect is putting me off and is there another way to be looking at it? And I think that's when you're talking about relationships or money or anything, it's about having perspective. And one thing that we're seeing that get, the, one of the number one ways that gets people unstuck and moving towards their goal or, or making the big change that they want to make in their life is starting to seek out like-minded people, getting support, hmm. stop going alone, get out of their heads. And that's what Chris and I did, you know, for our podcast. We went to uh, NMX. Um, it's a bloggers and podcast conference. This was in January in Las Vegas. And I can't tell you just the act of being away from our home around this community of people who are doing what we want to do. They were a few steps ahead. We learned so much from them. They accelerated our business process so much more quickly than anything else we could have ever done. You know, as you've explained that, you know, I, I, I keep thinking of this word interruption and what a powerful experience that can be for us. And, you know, if we're kind of living our lives in this pattern, this routine where it's just kind of, we're just cycling through the same stuff over and over again and you know, we're not really happy with some aspect of that, how powerful interrupting those cycles can be for us. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it's done for us. It's a big <laughs> healthcare yeah. crisis. Yeah. It's a big family crisis or it's an economic crisis. In my case, it took me getting laid off, not working for three months. And I'm a person who enjoys working and doing something, contributing. And that's the other thing. A lot of times when people really get in psych or make a big shift in their life, there is always this t period of time that they somehow intentionally or unintentionally gave themselves to think about it and experiment with different things. And I think that's something in our fast paced society. We don't give ourselves enough time. That sabbatical moment like Australians, they have the gap year between uh, I think it's between college and when they go to work uh, or is it between high school and college? I can't remember, but they have a whole year of just going off and traveling. And I think it's so important. I think uh, in 2010, I did that for myself. I went to Spain for six weeks and then I went back for 10 weeks. So in that year, I was gone for four months. And I think that laid the foundation for me to allow myself to shift, to close down my 10-year career in broadcast sales training and move into this new realm of inspiring people to get unstuck and to live the lives that they've always wanted to live. And we're kind of focused a little bit more around the career aspects of that.
Yeah. And so for someone, let's say there is someone who is, you know, maybe they've got a little side business. They've got some sort of, uh, you know, maybe they're making jewelry, maybe they're um, a, a photographer, and they would like to do more of that. Uh, but they feel, but it's not really going anywhere. Uh, you know, is it, what can they do to kind of uh, light a fire under that side business and kind of get their business unstuck? If it's very, very, and again, we're kind of talking about the person that's very, very part-time, very, very side business, but they're thinking, you know, if if money didn't matter, yeah, I mean, this is something I'd love to do. I think first, you really just have to have a big conversation with yourself and saying, what is the role of this project in my life? Why am I doing this? What's my natural motivation? Uh, I, I'm, I have to say, I'm generally skeptical of doing things just purely 100% for the money. Mm-hmm. I think I've gone through that experience. Yep. My The business that I sold in 2010 was an online training uh, business for the broadcast sales industry, very successful, did very well. But you know what? After a while, it was really, it was the money was very good, but it wasn't necessarily the community that inspired me anymore that I really wanted to work with. Um, they met a lot of great people in broadcasting, but it's more of that the person with that entrepreneurial mindset. So, number one, understand what is the role of that project early? What is motivating you to do it? Number two is you have to seek out other people. It's so funny you bring up this question, Josh. In the last week, I've, I've spoken to a writer, a restaurant owner, and a podcaster. All had different challenges, different goals. But they, I offered them all this very same solution. And that's what I, I just brought up earlier is they needed to start being around like-minded people. They needed to be around people, maybe a couple steps ahead of them to guide them down that path. Because I'm not a writer of a, you know, of a novel like this particular woman was. I've never owned a restaurant. I can tell that I can give them very broad life skills of habits that are going to get them down that, those roads. But they need to kick it up a notch and dive in deep into their tribe, into their community. So if you have that jewelry business, you're, you're an artist, you're selling something on the side, go and see if somebody, who have, somebody who's really successful on Etsy or has a blog that you really admire and, and just send them an email and saying, hey, Love what you're doing. I'd love you to check out my stuff. I've been thinking about giving up on my my jewelry or my art. Um, but before I throw the towel in, I would just really appreciate any feedback or if you have a, a you know 15 minutes to do a phone call or if they're local. If you have a there's a local business uh, owner or somebody else that you admire your community, you know, take them out to coffee, like take them out to lunch, pick their brain. People love the opportunity to teach what they know. And that's what I think that's a very abundant way of looking at the world, Josh, right? Is that people aren't necessarily, yes, there's people out for themselves, but I think more and more the world is moving towards is helping each other, sharing our knowledge. And I think that has really been uh, compounded and accelerated because of the internet. So go out and find people that are doing what you're doing, doing it well, make connections. And then one final thought, I would also look at how much time that you're spending and if there's something else that you would rather be doing, that's also going to be an indicator if you want to continue with that project or not. But if you can't think of anything else, then that's what you really want to do. And I think you should stick with it. Yeah, you know, I can't uh, emphasize how important it is to, you know, really, fe- you know, kind of examine how you feel inside. You know, some people call it your totally. emotional guidance system. And, uh, you know, do the things that bring you joy. And and and, and have you spoken with a guest who, uh, you know, just like, look, I'm just going to do this thing. I just enjoy doing it. And they loved it so much. And they weren't even thinking about business. And, and I think you've already told stories. Oh, no. Oh, I have, have like this is my most extreme example. I love this story. We haven't even posted it yet. 
Uh, Nancy Sathry Vogel, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story, but she, her husband, and her twin boys took a three-year bike ride from Alaska to wow. Argentina. Wow. They're both school teachers. For anybody listening to be like, oh, my God, how could you take the kids out of school? They're school teachers. <laughs> and they said they their boys learned more in those three years than anything they felt like a public school education could give them or a private school education for that matter. And it just really helped them relook at their life and their big messages. If there is something that you've always wanted to do, figure it out and do it. And this is not about being selfish um, because actually they, you know, this is not about using more resources, spending more money. They're very intentional about that. They actually use some of their retirement uh, money to fund the trip. They rented out their house as another source of income. And then when they went back, you know what, Josh, they were got so used to living with less, they decided to buy a smaller house for the four of them. I think they live in 1100 square feet, mm -hmm. which is like blasphemy in today's America. <laughs> and uh, they rent, they continue to rent out their house, their original house. Wow. Love that story. I mean, that is, and I love it. It's not necessarily, I think what we're trying to do at Unstuckable is that this is not just always about making money. This is about looking at your life in a holistic way. Really, how do you want to spend your time? Because Josh, we have the, the two most important assets your listeners and all of us have before money, it's our own personal energy and it's our time. And we can never, when, when, the, when we go to bed tonight, we can never get today back, but we can always go make more money. And the, in order to make more money, you need to use your personal energy and your time to do that. So really, I, I think people aren't, I, it just surprises me how, I think people should be stingier about how they use their time than they do. I think we just give in to all these obligations, all these things that we think everybody else is caught up, you know, you know social media, um, endlessly schedule, over scheduling our children and, and ourselves hmm. that maybe it's time to stop and say, why the heck am I doing all this stuff? <laughs> and, and I think don't just be budgeting your money or looking for ways to save money, but looking for ways to purge stuff in terms of time that's not adding to your life. It's not adding to your family's life. That's not bringing you to, closer to your values and your goals. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, when we accumulate, you know, if it's consumables we're accumulating, then, then our family is going to consume, uh, you know, in the form of groceries or whatever it is. If it's buying that new gadget, if it's buying that car, if it's buying a bigger home. I mean, these are all things then that we are kind of checking the box and we're saying, yes, I agree to now be responsible for this thing. And I don't think any of those, you know, about, you know, kind of this, this concept of being, um, very conscious about those decisions. Um, you know, before you sign on the dotted line that, that you are going to be responsible for doing that, just ask yourself, is this something that, that I want to identify with and something that I want to be responsible for? But I, I, I really do love this idea of, you know, decluttering, simplifying, and I really oh, am inspired. I'm a, I'm a, I can't a, wait to hear this interview, uh, with, with the, uh, with the couple, the school teacher couple. Oh, yeah. And we also interview on Thursday is coming. I'm not sure when we're going to air this podcast. But anyway, well, episode 34 is Mary Car uh, Carlo Magno, who is an organizational expert. She uh, decluttered her life the year before she got laid off. She had no idea she was going to get laid off. But for the previous year, she said, I'm tired of adding stuff to my life. I want to start subtracting stuff. So she... Uh, started like giving up coffee one month and the next month she would give up mm. wine. The next month mm. she would give up buying shoes. And she says, you know what? After I kept doing this, you know what I really learned? 
how to change, how to deal with change. Because every time I took this one thing out of my life, it actually, that one subtle thing changed my perspective and changed other things in my life in a way that I couldn't have imagined. So by the time I went through this year, I got laid off and I was kind of ready for it. And you know what happened her next year? She got married, she bought a condo, she started a business, and she became a best-selling author. Mm. Very cool. You know, and I think that's a good strategy for being unstuckable as well is limiting the number of responsibilities or things that you have to have in a day. For example, if you have a morning coffee addiction or in my case, what I was up until recently, a morning energy drink uh, addiction, uh, it's, it's something, it's a requirement that has to be met every single day. So I am in that moment, I am living for something else or someone else in in going out and serving that uh, and that gives me less freedom and so it makes me a little bit more I I don't know maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong here but it it feels like it makes me a little bit more stuck a bull well I I would say the other I think there is a power of routine and rituals it's all how you you want we're, we're looking for a balance right so for example I want the first thing I want to do every day is go to the gym. I actually feed my dog, take her out to go for a quick pee. My wife sleeps a little later than I do. Then I go to the gym. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I've been so busy like with Unstuckable that I haven't been able to go to the gym every single morning. So that to me is an indication that I need to reassess and look at what's most important that I need to be doing for Unstuckable and why can't I stick to the schedule. So sometimes I think rituals and routines actually are a great way to oh, say sure. am on a course. So I think you're right. I mean, it's and it's that's the best business model, right? Every enormous corporation wants us to get addicted to something. They, they want that's <laughs> we want to keep that flowing. And I think that's the first thing. All those bills, anything that you were regularly committed to, that's taking a lot of time, a lot of money. That's the stuff that you have to say. Is this something I really, really want to do? Like my wife and I only one only own one car and it's paid for outright. Mm-hmm. We never want to have a car payment. I don't want that over my head. And um, even if we had to buy like a, a, a used car that had we're the third owner, we'll we'll do it. Nice. And so when somebody asks you and flips the question around, I know you ask this question a lot. Uh, you know, how does one become unstuckable? What is your kind of your one paragraph answer to that. Can can you answer that in one paragraph? Yeah, I think it's giving yourself options. And and I'll just repeat that once again. Being unstuckable is if our economy is going to have more hiccups and it's going to become more chaotic, you want to prepare for those moments and those transitions. Because, you know, my father worked for AT&T for, for uh, 30 years, Bear Pharmaceuticals for 12. There's no way, most of us, most of the people listening to your podcast and my podcast are never even going to have that option. So we want to give ourselves options. We want to see it coming. We don't want to be surprised. Wow, I can't believe I got laid off or I got fired. We're like, it's going to happen to you. So you want to start saving enough money. Number one, get rid of any credit card debt. Number two, start saving that year's worth of cash. You know, I always ask this, Josh, most people know how much money they made last year, right? Right. Yeah. But nobody has any idea how much money they spent last year. That is the much more important number to me. Because mm-hmm. that is the cost of your lifestyle. And once you understand the cost of your lifestyle, so back to your, you were also mentioning earlier that as people achieve more financial success, they start living up to that. And they buy more and they consume more. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. consistently in the last decade have kept myself at about a $55,000 a year lifestyle, even though I've made well above that, especially in the last couple of years. But all that money went right into the bank because I know, especially as an entrepreneur, I think we always think of, 
things as up and down. But I think we all need to think of that in that way that we're going to have lots of these boom and bust cycles. So giving yourself options, always making connections, not just when you're going to about to get laid off or you want to change your job. Always be intentional in who you are surrounding yourself with. Giving, you know, having an active backup plan. Like if you lost your job, what are you going to do? What is the transition? And so that's to me really an unstuckable or becoming unstuckable is really preparing your your, your life in this way is, is really tapping into the spirit of an entrepreneur. So that way, the more options you have, the more freedom that you can have. So if we were to kind of plot uh, cash flow on a chart, I think it's much easier to have ups and downs, uh, but at a much higher level up on the scale. Uh, the, the downs don't uh, affect you emotionally quite as much. Or they can, though, right? I mean, for, I would say for me, my biggest down, which I never want to get, I remember saying to myself, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. That, it was like that. I love that. We, we also hear this in a lot of our interviews. People go through this nothing left to lose moment. If they really start tapping into their survival instinct. And I think that's a kind of a, a big problem in our society that mm-hmm. we forget that at the end of the day, we're very smart, intelligent beings. But at the end of the day, we, we are erasing the survival instinct that we all have as as animals. And we need to really know, like, I'm not always going to be taken care of. I got to look out for myself, my family, my community, and how we could be doing that. And when you have your back against the wall, you got to put food in the mouths of your kids. You all of a sudden, I remember the physical sensation of being against a wall almost and saying, this is my path. I never want to end up like this again. I'm going to give myself options. So that way, barring a huge economic collapse, I'm 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 much more certain that I'm never going to have a personal economic collapse again like I did 14 years ago. Uh, I'm much more prepared. Yeah, yeah. I know I love that. Yeah, people will not do Not saying that it's not going to happen. It could. Yeah. But but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, when the back's against the wall, it is. People will do superhuman things. You know, I, I know. You know, uh, when I've been in a position where I've absolutely do or die. Look, this has to happen. I, you know, I just reached down deep inside, and lo and behold, it came from somewhere, and it got done. We will all do that. It's like you know, your last day before going on vacation. You know, how much people will get done? Like if yes. if they have a certain requirement uh, that they need to get done at work before they can go on vacation. Oh, it's amazing how much people can get done when they absolutely have to, when when something really great or something really important is right there in front of them. Yeah, I remember a specific phone call that I had with my mom. I was five years, I was about seven years in. First two years of it, I would say I really called myself an entrepreneur. I was doing speaking, consulting, and training. Business wasn't going that well. I remember my mom saying, so would you ever consider getting a job again? And I said, Absolutely not. <laughs> and it was from that moment forward, I was like, I am figuring this out. Yeah. This is my path in life and I'm committed to it. And that's what we want to inspire everybody to do coming to Unstuckables, that you're going to expose to all these different stories so you can hear all these different ways that people are figuring out new ways of working and living and using their personal resources so that way they can define their own unique path and they can get off the default setting that society says that you Go to school, teach to the test, get straight A's, go to college, have a lot of debt, and then go get a job, and the rest will will fig- be figured out for you. It's not true. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, Stephen, what do you do all day? What's your normal day like? Well, it's changed. This is such a great way. It's changed now. I would say I am like really squeezing every minute out of it. Um, 
it is it's an integrated lifestyle because my wife also works out of the house because she's finishing her doctorate at this point so she's been going off to a coffee shop and then i've been working in an, in an office in our condo so most of my day is spent I've, i i don't have necessarily a to-do list of specific taps tasks i have habits so this is what I have to do on social media. This is the editing I have to do for podcasts. This is the writing that I have to do. Because once again, I, I said to myself for this new phase of my career, I want to redesign my life around habits so that way I didn't have to overthink of everything that I had to do every day. So it has helped make my daily routine much more manageable. I'm much less stressed out about everything that I have to do. For example, today's Tuesday. So we, I just do interviews all day long. And people are pretty cool about that of saying, hey, just go click on our link and we're, we're going to do interviews on Tuesday. So that way I'm in the mindset. I'm very present about that for the people that I'm about to be interviewed. Thursdays, we're gonna, we, we've had some office hours. So people who are unstuck, they can reach out to us for free. and we can, I talk to them for half an hour. So I'm fully present in that moment. Uh, so in terms of personal life, I get the day started by going to the gym. Um, I come home, uh, my wife is up by then, she's having breakfast, I'm making a smoothie, take a shower, then I start my work day about 9.30, 10, um, have lunch, uh, it's uh, about 3 o'clock, I take Ruby out, our dog, for her walk, which is awesome. I love dogs because they they have to go for a walk, whether you like it or <laughs> yeah. not, they force you, they need to do it, and it's. I'm so glad, it's my first dog, it was my wife's dog, she brought Ruby to the marriage. So it's been fast. It's awesome because it because that that especially at about three o'clock in the afternoon when everybody else is going for a coffee or reaching for soda or doing some something else because they're getting that afternoon crash. Ruby makes me go for a walk. I think she takes me for a walk more than I'm taking her for a walk, and she re-energizes me. And if there's something that was bothering me, I was getting fired up because of all the clutter that was yeah. building up through my, my day. I can release it, and then when I go back. It's like, okay, now I can really close up my day. What really needs to get done now? And I really try to finish my work by five or six o'clock at night because I'm a, the, my most productive time of day is when I get up until about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. And then I mm-hmm. cannot work after eight o'clock at night. I am absolutely mush. Yeah. Well, that, that means that you left it all on the table, then that's a good thing. What kind of dog is Ruby? She is a uh, retriever shepherd mix. She is all red. So a lot of people in the neighborhood said she looks like a fox. And uh, she is awesome. She loves people. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's it sounds like a people dog. Uh, just t- t- two more things I'd love to ask you, Stephen, is, uh, you know, someone in your position, your lo- your area of expertise, I would imagine you probably have some great systems, resources, tools that you use. What are they? Well, I just recently, I've always used, I'm a little... I don't know. Technically speaking, it seems like a little old school. I use a spreadsheet to guide my day mm-hmm. and my Google Calendar. And then I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few other tools. So in my spreadsheet, I also about six months ago read David Allen's Getting Things Done, which really needs to be updated. It's a great book. You should read yeah. it. But it needs to be updated for the world that we live in today because a lot of his stuff, I don't like paper. I'm anti-paper mm-hmm. um, because I think that just cr- un- creates clutter in your life. If you could say no to paper coming to your house, yeah. you're going to feel less stressed, let me tell you. So uh, so now I have my daily habits as one list. Another tab is waiting. So that way if I, I ask Chris to do something or somebody else, like I could take it off my brain and put it on that, on that list. And then I have a list called maybe. Things I might have been thinking about or something I might want to buy so I could delay that gratification. The point is what I love about David Allen's advice is you got to get stuff out of your head. 
whatever you can do to get it out of your head. Because if it's still in your head and you didn't write it down and put it somewhere that is in a, as you said, a trusted system where you know you can find it again, your brain is still going to work on that stuff. So when you're running a business or you're going to go through a big transition, you have to do your darndest to get as much off your mind as possible because people don't realize how much energy it actually takes to think. Your brain uses energy, uses calories. So you want to, if you want to be a better, more effective thinker, you want to be much more efficient about how you're using your energy so you can make better decisions. And other tools that I'm using recently, because there's so many great, I'm always a big believer, if you have all these tasks, especially if you're working for somebody else, you have all these tasks, there's stuff that you are naturally motivated to do, you really love doing, but then there's the stuff that you're not that excited about, you don't want to do. So you want to look for ways to automate, eliminate, yeah. or delegate. And I love schedule once. this Because as you know, as a podcaster, Josh, you're always trying to set up all these different meetings with people. And we're asking lots of different things of these people that we're interviewing, their headshots, yep. how, what links do they, can we send p- people to from our website. So this great, there's so many great tools out there. If you go into Google and you have some weird little problem and you're like, is there somebody who has created a piece of software around this? Let me tell you, nine times out of ten, absolutely <laughs> yeah. there's somewhere. I love it. And a lot of times there's a free level that you can do. You don't always have to buy. But for schedule once, I did decide to pay for it. I, I'm spending, a, we're spending $190 a year. So think about I could have hired a traditional assistant for oh, yeah. twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year, but this piece of software for one hundred ninety dollars a year, I don't even have to send. It sends out the reminder emails, you know, four days, one day, one hour before. I don't have to do it. that. One piece of software saved me so much time. So the second I'm just very aware when my time is being sucked up. So the second I see that, I go and look for a tool. So I would say that's one of my key habits. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and it actually schedule once. Uh, as soon as you sent me that schedule uh, request the first time that uh, we got together for your show, uh, I immediately signed up for myself because I loved how slick that system was. Ugh. And and I'll have a link to that in the show notes uh, for this show as well because uh, I, I hope other people will use it. It's just fantastic. Well, I, I think about it, even for like a busy mom managing yes. so many different things. I mean, I think that's how it would be. I mean, we always think about these things for business, but I think it would be great to run a household. No, I don't think it's overly formal at all. I think no. it's extremely practical for uh, someone, a homemaker, a parent, uh, you know, someone who uh, wants together and do these things. I mean, you don't, you can send requests and they can schedule uh, appointments in your calendar. Or you could certainly use that uh, to create your own events and then set reminders uh, for people. I mean, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, you could put your teenagers in there uh, and have it uh, send out uh, uh, reminders to them uh, that we're going to be doing an activity on Saturday morning and then you don't have to worry about reminding them several times. So again, more automation. I love it. And just one quick thing about, uh, we talk about a lot of tools, but I'm also very, um, always putting a lot of limits on how I communicate with people. I have my instant messaging generally shut off. Um, I don't look, I try not, well, recently I've been looking at Facebook more because of Unstuckable, but I try not to look at that yeah. more than once a day. I don't answer phone, uh, phone calls from numbers that I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. I don't always immediately just answer the phone, even if I know that person. So I, I don't constantly check my email. I answer in batches, you know, two to three times a day. So that's the other stuff that we have to really start putting limitations around, you know, and, and for your close circle, let them know what is the emergency way of getting hold of you. Like, what's the best way? And then commit to that. So I think I think we all have a choice about how we want to be communicated to, even if you do work inside a company, because if it's going to make you more effective, more productive, you need to communicate that to your managers and your team of why you're doing it, 
how it's going to benefit them. Align your goal with their goal. And one other quick little mobile app that I love, I call, I, sh- I feel like I should call this the husband app. It's <laughs> called, Oh, Don't Forget. Because my wife would always ask me, Stephen, can you remind me to do this thing? But it was always at a specific time in the future. So uh, I know there's uh, other you know, integrated apps in, in your iPhone that you can do this. But I love Oh, Don't Forget because I can put in her phone number, my phone or anybody's phone number, the reminder, and then I can schedule it for the exact time I need to think about that. So, for example, she said one time, uh, I need this, uh, you know, can you, when you go get the car uh, fixed, when you're bringing it down to the shop, can you get a, a, a little vial of red paint because there's a little rust spot I want to take care of. So, mm. this is like two weeks out. I would have never have remembered that. <laughs> so, I knew, I was like, the appointment was at 9, so I'm going to send it to me at 9.15. So, two weeks later, I'm at the shop. Oh, I get a text message on my phone. Oh, remember to get the red paint. I'm like, yeah, let me do that. <laughs> so, I love little quick solutions like that. When I, when I, recognize a bottleneck or a problem that keeps happening over and over again, I don't just accept it. I do something about it. Yeah. I really like that, you know, and, and you could uh, you could use that for reminders for next year or two, for example, like Mother's oh, yeah. Day. I, I sent my I said I, I really did this is I I sent myself uh, I set a calendar event uh, for next year, a week prior to Mother's Day. And it had some personal notes from me to me. And it was Josh. Seriously, don't rely on the kids. <laughs> I don't care how, how much. Uh, so I've got a four. 14-year-old daughter and I actually just turned 15. My son just turned 11. And then I've got an eight-year-old son as well. And uh, bless. They have a lot of things going on. In their yeah. Lives yeah. Bless their hearts. You know, the eight-year-old did something at school, but uh, no, uh, Mother's Day is pretty much dad's responsibility for most <laughs> most of the kids' uh, lives. Uh, uh, so, and, and Stephen, let me ask you, let me just kind of close with asking you this final question um, regarding abundance. And uh, I would really love to get your perspective on what abundance is to you uh, I think it means that somebody doesn't have to somebody doesn't in order to win somebody else doesn't have to lose hmm. I love I know it sounds cheesy that sounds all you know businessy speak but you want to look for those win-win situations and alignment it is everything's a relationship like if you're working inside a company right now and you're miserable and you're complaining about your bosses and you really know like it's not going to change but you still like the career path you're on, you need to break up with them. You're the problem. Even if you, I could totally agree with you about how badly they're managing the company, you got to get out. You're the issue. Um, So you want to go find a better environment for what you want to accomplish and what you want to do. And I always think with abundance, but I guess I spent a lot of times in sales that there's always somebody else out there. You know, a, a lot of times, I, I also, as somebody who worked for themselves, every spring when I had a lot of clients, a consulting clients, I would regularly choose ones to break up with. You know, but I would choose my bottom two that were yeah. taking up 80% of my time and only, you know, a small part of my revenue and to say, I, I'd like to recommend to somebody else because they're sucking up my time. They're not making me better. So that is a way I think I look at abundance is just being very mindful that there's always enough, you know, especially in America. My gosh, Josh, right? I mean, we all, most of us have enough. I mean, I, I think a lot of the people listening to podcasts definitely have enough. And I know there's millions of Americans that don't have enough. And that's because I think we're, if the more and more all of us become mindful about what it is we really need, mm-hmm. all that extra stuff that we think we needed can go to the right people that really do need it. 
Yes, absolutely. And that's, and that's the mission of, of, of why I started Savings Angels. So I believe that, um, people want to do they want to do good. I mean, I, th- I just think it's just naturally wired in Nobody us. wants to be a jerk. No, right? But, you know, I think the, the, the thing that interferes with that and causes us to forget that is is these feelings of lack or I don't have enough or I'm not making enough to get these materialistic things that I believe are going to make me happy. And so if we are accumulating more than we can consume, then we're empowered. And, you know, we then are free to do the things that in our heart we feel like this is this is what gives me gratification serving other people doing things for free for other people um you know sharing my wisdom with other people uh, mentoring people and giving to people uh those things are just so emotionally rewarding and um you know so uh, you know creating a series of wins uh you know through our choices through getting unstuck through magnifying uh, you know I, I would call our callings in life i think these are these are all things that, that, that can really help us all to become more abundant and more giving. And, uh, you know, when when you have enough people empowered to do what they really want to do, well, that's how you can collectively end lack and need in our communities. And and that's why I'm on the earth, Stephen. And, and I suspect... I love it. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's and, how you can also become unstuckable. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so, uh, so Stephen, I really appreciate the, all the time. I know I've, I, you've, you've been ge- very generous with your time. You've spent oh, it's been a great more... Conversation. Yeah. I love talking to you. <laughs> uh, more than we, we had thought. Uh, but uh, gosh, there's just so much to talk about on the subject. And, and I know that anybody who's been with us for this length of time, oh man, if you apply what, what Stephen has shared with you today, uh, it, it will really truly be life-changing. I mean, there are just some amazing things uh, that I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this podcast again, uh, just so I can kind of soak it all in and, and, and make some more applications in my life. So Stephen with Unstuckable, can you tell us about uh, a little bit how people can get a hold of you? What more, what greater service that you can provide them and what can they get from from Stephen and Chris? So first, if you if you just want to, you know, definitely listen to check out our podcast. Think of it as, you know, if you're especially if you're stuck and you're looking for different ways to work on options, great way to do it. It's kind of like getting to try on lots of different work styles, career styles, entrepreneur styles all at once while you're, you know, on your way to work or working out. So listen to Unstuckable on iTunes. You can go to unstuckable.co to our website for all the show notes, all the resources that we provide. And um, also submit your email there so we can give you updates because every single week now we're doing a live hangout. So you can actually participate in the recording of one of our our podcasts where we focus on a specific topic. We did purging last night, which is going to be our Freedom Friday episode 35. Um, And we're, we're taking a lot of those topics, those ideas from you. So if you ever have any questions, if you're feeling stuck, let's talk. Email us at questions at unstuckable.co or follow us on our Facebook page or Twitter feed. So thank you, Josh. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Stephen Worley from Unstuckable, sir, thank you so much for spending your time with us. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did, I would really appreciate if you could just take a couple of seconds. I promise it won't take you much time at all. But if you go into iTunes and if you could leave a five-star review for Savings Angels 90 Days to Abundance, I would really, really appreciate it. If you'd like the show notes for this episode, very, very simple. Just go to savingsangel.com forward slash podcast and click on show number 
number 28. And of course, I've got links to Stephen's website, Stephen's podcast, and a couple of the other things that we talked about during the course of the show. Also, if you're listening in Stitcher, in iTunes, wherever you're listening, you should have the opportunity to subscribe. Now, either you got to look for like a little plus symbol, a little subscribe button, and I would really appreciate if you would do that because I promise I'm going to be on your abundance team where I will be hard at work three days a week delivering the best information that I can, helping you and your family save more money, earn more money, and developing a greater and greater mindset for abundance. And again, thank you so much for sharing this podcast with your friends and and uh, friends and co-workers and family members and anybody else who you think would benefit from this. In so doing, you are helping me share this message of abundance to a much larger audience, and I thank you for that. And with that, my friends, I hope you have a phenomenal weekend, a phenomenal week, and as always, live abundantly. Abundantly.